Welcome everyone to MICTA Radio. I'm your host, John Tanner, and today we're going to talk about the Brazos Valley Project, a healthcare consortium bringing affordable, high-speed broadband to rural Brazos Valley healthcare providers in Central Texas. And today, to talk about this project, uh, we're speaking with Michael Parks, Assistant Executive Director for Brazos Valley Council of Government. And we're talking with Gary Green, who's a our MICTA consultant for the Healthcare Connect Fund. Uh, thank you both for being with us today. But Michael, I would like to begin with you. Can you tell us a little bit of uh, background information about the project and the role that you play uh, with the Brazos Valley Council of Governments? Well, first, John, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, our Council of Governments is not unlike many regional councils across the country. Uh, we live to serve our local governments. We, we tackle all kinds of problems that are bigger than single jurisdiction issues. And so one of those for our region, uh, it starts almost 10 years ago, was the lack of connectivity to broadband and internet, basically, in our rural areas. We've had uh, all kinds of things uh, try to establish connectivity, but over the years, nothing seemed to quite fit. And so our local officials decided it was time for us to uh, take the bull by the horns, as it were, and and build something where none existed. Uh, the need is too great to simply wait for, honestly, the private sector to do it in our region. Um, it doesn't make sense from an economics point of view, or the private sector would have already done it. But that still doesn't alleviate the need to be connected in our rural areas. So that's why we undertook the role of building a fiber optic network all across our region. So what are you actually doing? What are the kind of services you are providing to the uh, constituents of your Brazos Valley project? So we have a consortium of healthcare providers all across our region, and uh, they they range from uh, big and small to far and wide. And those consortium members uh, will be connected to a minimum of a gigabit fiber optics to their doorstep. Um, now they're responsible for bringing it to the doorstep uh, into their facility, and 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 we're working with them on that as well. But all of those folks get a gigabit of of internet. I'm trying to keep it in real simple terms, but um, we have a hundred gigabit backbone that we're building. And then we have 10 gigabit rings in each of our small communities. So we're building the architecture on a ring pattern so that if anywhere it gets broke, cut, or otherwise damaged, it, the ring is self-healing and, and, and traffic will relocate a different direction. The reason we're able to do that is again because of MICTA's help and because of Walt Magnuson's help and because of Universal Service Administrative Corporation's help, uh, USAC. It's a lot of partners got us to this point, but um, we are also having to build around our region um, 11 regeneration huts, equipment shelters. So it's not just fiber in the ground, but it's actually the electronics at the end of those fiber runs. Because we're able to do that in, in strategic locations in our, in our region, we can also provide to others our excess capacity. So the uh, school districts, the cities, the county offices, 
emergency management offices, volunteer fire departments, um, first responder cell towers, or not so, radio towers rather. All of this, because of the Healthcare Connect Fund's um, excess capacity clause, goes to benefit that consortia and the operation of the consortia's network. So really we are a hub of a big spoked wheel and each of those spokes on that wheel are our consortium members, our community partners, and they're all rowing the boat in the same direction, to use multiple metaphors. All of those, those folks together create an economy of scale that make the economics of this thing work long term. And so because of that, I think, I think it's real easy for folks in our rural areas to see the value of that because they're used to cooperatives whether it's cooperative electric companies or cooperative water company or a cooperative uh, farm and ranch feed supply store. They understand the, the, the community. They understand uh, you can get more done with more people than you can by yourself. That concept is what it, this Healthcare Connect Fund is built on, and it is perfectly suited for a rural area such as ours. So we were able to to show the benefit of everybody contributing together on this project, and we're building it. It's it's about forty five percent complete right now. Uh, we actually have people hooked up on the system right now, and there are clinics that are in operation right now. Um, we love that fact. Whereas before, some of the clinics were having to piece together nine megabytes just to send email. Uh, one clinic told us that that their staff was forbidden for, from for connecting uh, pictures as attachments to their email because it would clog up their network. Now everybody can do FaceTime and and send uh, X-rays and echocardiograms at will. Um, so I can't say enough good about MICTA. I can't say enough good about USAC and the Healthcare Connect Fund because it is working in the Brazos Valley. So let's talk about funding. What were your initial attempts at uh, obtaining funding for the project? Well, like I said, about 10 years ago, 2008 was the height of the uh, recession. And uh, trying to get anything done during that time was 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 a real challenge. Um, but there was available monies from the feds to, to build uh, projects. Uh, I can think of acronyms, and forgive me I've, 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 if I've long since forgot what they meant, but BTOP. Uh, and Russ Rural Utility Service, I remember that one. Um, these were programs that we we attempted to uh, to put a project together, and and get funding for those projects. We, I, I like to say we we learned a lot from that. We learned what not to do, uh, in that we were not successful under those those things. But it didn't deter us. The need is still there, so we kept kept marching on. It's a noble cause for what we were doing. And so we just kept at it year after year. We would try this, try that. You would hear about a grant opportunity, hear about a foundation award of some sort. And we just kept trying. Uh, it, we, we took a long way around the mountain to get to where we are today. But um, I believe we've we've capitalized on, on a few things of recent note that uh, that are making us successful today. Well, and then MICTA came along and uh, the National Healthcare Connect Fund. And Gary, I'd like to go to you and ask you, uh, how did you then connect with this project and with Michael to help them get this funding started? Well, actually, uh, the connection uh, occurred through um, a gentleman from uh, Texas A&M, Walt Magnuson, 
who was uh, at a RFP evaluation uh, for MICTA in uh, 2014. And he had overheard a conversation I was having with a colleague of mine from uh, MICTA. And he began asking questions about the Healthcare Connect Fund program um, that was uh, actually put in place via an order um, from the FCC in on December 12th of 2012, in which time they created the Healthcare Connect Fund. MICTA had been meeting with uh, administration from the, from the rural healthcare program, which was uh, put in place by Congress um, uh, to help fund rural healthcare due to the lack of broadband accessibility. And so Walt's Q&A, uh, I found out later, was actually uh, on behalf of uh, Brazos Valley Council of Governments, whom uh, he had uh, uh, become aware of the fact that they were striving to try and find funding for a fiber build project. Okay. So, Michael, you joined MICTA as a governmental member, and this opened up a whole wealth of resources to you. Could you talk about that? Absolutely love to talk about that. And I cannot stress enough our gratitude to Walt Magnuson uh, with Texas A&M. Um, he, he lives right in our region. So, you know, what great, they say a prophet's not welcome in their hometown. Well, that is not the case. We gladly welcome Walt's help on this deal. And, and he and his staff assisted us through this process. So kudos to him and his team. Um, but as far as MICTA goes, that's how we became acquainted. Walt introduced, introduced us to MICTA and, and the concept of MICTA. And, and really, therein lies the beauty. And, and it's, it's the fact that it's, it's competitively procured contracts that are legit in accordance with government rules of contracting that were so attractive to us. MICTA did all the work, all the work, and topped it off with technical support. And not only that, but just simple encouragement. Um, and we were found we could ask any question. No question was too small, no question was too big. Um, MICTA staff were there, uh, but really the offerings that MICTA put together um, is really what allowed us to meet one of the best contractors we've ever worked with. And so uh, the folks that we have working on our team as a result of MICTA and our relationship um, are golden and, in fact, are, are greatly contribute to our success. Um, plus, and I don't want to understate this either, MICTA is respected in Washington. Uh, when you are going after big money from a agency in Washington, D.C., um, they're going to be very sober-minded and, and scrupulous with the money. They're going to look at where that money's going, how that money is spent, and what the results of the project are. And when you're able to say, well, we're working with MICTA, and instantly all of the guard goes down and it's perfect acceptance, I'm, I'm, sign me up. I'm ready to do it. Because that end solves an, a lot of the issues with respect to getting you know movement on your request and getting put forward on, on your deals. Now, does it guarantee it? Absolutely not. There's a process. But simply having MICTA in your corner, that's an asset to the process. So it, it sounds like what you're saying is that this MICTA affiliation really just helped this project get off the ground in a huge way. 
absolutely did. Um, in fact, I don't think it would have been as successful initially. I don't think it would have been springboarded into action as quickly had it not been for MICTA. Um, you know, MICTA knew all the pitfalls. They knew all the, the shortcuts. I, I say that euphemistically, you know, we, we didn't cut any corners. We did everything in accordance with what's supposed to be done. But MICTA was right there holding our hand through the process. So for us, the learning curve wasn't as great because we had MICTA in our corner. And, um, you know, I've since bragged on MICTA to my friends and colleagues here and, and hopefully have actually created more members that way uh, because of the value added that MICTA brings to the program. So, Gary, as the uh, Healthcare Connect Fund MICTA consultant, this must have really set you on your toes. What are the first things you had to do with this huge project? Well, the reality is, uh, is as Michael pointed out, uh, there's a lot of education relative to the process and procedure. Um, I guess MICTA was very pleased with the fact that uh, in those many, many years of filings, with the FCC, uh, they embedded much of what MICTA had uh, encouraged the FCC to uh, to put into a uh, enhanced program, which of course they call uh, the Healthcare Connect Fund. So there was a lot of familiarity. Um, MICTA had met with the FCC staff, met with the USAC administration over the years. And uh, so we had a very good working relationship, which certainly helped uh, along the way. And um, I think that uh, that probably uh, made it easier for all of us, as Michael had pointed out. I know that, uh, that on several occasions, uh, Brazos Valley uh, representatives uh, visited the uh, FCC in, uh, in Washington. And um, I will tell you that uh, to date, uh, the Brazos Valley COG... Uh, funding initiative is the largest that has ever been funded uh, in the program. So very pleased about that. But um, obviously there was a lot of work that needed to be done on their part. And um, uh, certainly uh, there's document uh, forms that need to be filed uh, with this process. Um, And uh, some of that was uh, the sort of thing that uh, they internally had to have people do wasn't something that MICTA could do for them. But it, it, it moved along as rapidly as one could uh, hope for. I think, Michael, it was <laughs> it was a two-year process in the making, but uh, very pleased. MICTA is very pleased with the outcome that we were able to um, support you. Yeah, I can unequivocally say that without MICTA's help, uh, we would not be where we are today. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. Our learning curve was too steep. And at some point, when you're trying to climb Mount Everest, it's very easy just to see the te- the task in front of you and just give up. But uh, because we had the support from MICTA and the encouragement, um, we were able to to break through some of those things and, and gain a lot of experience. I would say that, you know, what I would hope comes out of this eventually, uh, John, you asked what are our goals, our mission. I hope that it can be replicated. I hope the things that we're doing here in our region other regions can do the same thing. Um, once we look back on it and we realize how far we've come and how short a time, I, I dare I say it was it was easy. <laughs> uh, comparatively speaking, 
um, you know, here at our, our Council of Governments, we deal with everything from housing and urban development to Homeland Security to Department of Transportation. We deal with lots of different federal and state programs and, and agencies. Um, this, by far, with MICTA uh, in our corner uh, working with USAC was one of the easiest processes that went that, that we were able to accomplish. The only reason I would say it, it was hard is that we didn't know it. We were unfamiliar with it. MICTA helped break down some of those uh, barriers and we be, and allowed us to become familiar with it in a in a very convenient and easy way. Once you understood that as a MICTA member, you'd receive support from MICTA, of course, uh, in the HCF program, and that that was providing sixty five percent of the funding. You still have the challenge to deal with regarding the requirement to provide the other thirty five percent of the cost. What were some of those challenges? Well, obviously, that 35% is, 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 comparatively speaking, from a federal perspective, a very large match. Um, we are, in many of our programs, used to paying 10 to 20% a match. Um, so this was a little bit different for us. And we realized that this, unlike some other programs, could not be an in-kind match. In, in other words, we couldn't provide a service that e- equals the dollar amount for this project. It had to be cash. So um, that information was presented to our board of directors and uh, really without hesitation and unanimously, I might add, they voted to provide the cash um, that that our council governments uh, would actually fund the 35% match. Um, we've never done that before in that fashion, but that's how strongly they felt about it. So yes, it was difficult, but uh, because you try to get local elected officials to, get, to give up any cash for a project of this type, especially one that's not particularly all in their own jurisdiction, that speaks volumes to the need of, of this project. So, yes, we, we funded it ourselves, and uh, we were happy to do so. And, uh, of course, once you became a MICTA member, uh, there was – no charge for the consulting services. That's a benefit you get as being part of the, uh, the MICTA organization. And you are ultimately approved for the project. Uh, may I ask, how much funding did Brazos Valley receive from the Healthcare Connect Fund program? Well, we actually had two funding requests. One of them was for the actual construction of about 350 miles of fiber optics, uh, minimum 24 strands, uh, mostly 48 strands in each each segment uh, to actually build it. We're in an area where this kind of thing doesn't exist. This infrastructure doesn't exist. So it's to actually construct it. And then another one uh, we got was for the actual equipment that is connected to those fibers. So uh, one was $3 million for equipment and 16 point something million dollars for the actual fiber installation. And it was all buried fiber, by the way. So we had a, a our, our system designed as such that when it comes to maintenance, we're not going to have as much. So we opted for buried. And uh, when you add 35% to that, the actual bill comes in the neighborhood of about 22 to $25 million. Uh, don't quote me on the math. It's off the top of my head. But 35% <laughs> more than 16 point something and 35% more than three point something. So um it's a big project, and as Gary said, uh, I think I've heard before, this is the largest one of its kind for the Healthcare Connect Fund. So we are very pleased that we were entrusted with those kinds of resources to do uh, to, to to do this job. And Michael, do you have uh, 
some specific goals that uh, you'd like to see happen from this uh, Brazos Valley Fiber Build project? Are there things that you're working to achieve? Well, certainly we want everyone to be connected. We have we're we're a small region in Texas. We're only about the size of the state of Connecticut, and yet we have seven counties and only twenty-seven municipalities. Um, you know, we're not that big, and that's part of the reason why. Uh, we don't have connectivity. Many of our rural residents travel uh, great distances just for simple health care, prenatal checkups even. Um, if they were able to get that closer to home, um, the quality of life and the, the the quality of care would actually increase for our residents. So our goals are to make quality health care uh, more accessible. And in so doing, able to provide connectivity to the internet that is so important for today's businesses and school kids and uh, just families in general. And Michael, you touched on it with the healthcare area about telemedicine and that this is one of the major categories of service that you provide for your constituents. Can you talk about how that has been very important to, uh, to bring your customers closer to healthcare when it was not there before? Absolutely. And and I might add that the, the true nature of our network is in the connectivity and the bandwidth we provide. So we are not yet, although it's, it could be in our future, we're not yet a service provider in, in the sense of that we have the software and the the devices to to assist our clinics in that regard. We are, if you will, think of us in terms of a, a, a highway. We're, we're an autobahn. Uh, but we're not the cars on it. We're not responsible for the the roadside rest stop. We're simply the Autobahn, uh, to use that metaphor. Telemedicine, telemedicine is all-encompassing. It, it could include not only the, the Autobahn that I mentioned, but also the rest stop, the, in other words, the device at the doctor's office. Um, I had a conversation just about uh, a month ago with uh, Alcohol and Substance Abuse Counseling Agency. They send uh, counselors out to meet with clients, uh, and they drive an hour and a half to get to the client, and then they drive an hour and a half to get back from the client. Well, with our system in place, they can FaceTime that client. So mental health care is occurring at much greater frequency because those case managers don't have to actually drive physically to every client that's out there. That's just one example. Um, we had, a, we had a, a hospital that was having to, when they did an echocardiogram in the morning, they had to actually burn it to a CD and drive it 30 miles so they could upload it at a, at a, at a partner's uh, connection to their, uh, their the, the radiologist that read, the, read the, uh, the reports. That's insane in t- this day and age, but that's normal life in a rural area. You wouldn't think of that in a city, but that happened every day in a rural community where they were doing tests in the afternoon, burning it to a CD, and in the morning, driving it to somewhere where it could be uploaded. All of that is going away. All of that is able to now be to happen real time. So you can imagine what that does for the quality of care for our rural residents. And Gary, this is something you're well familiar with because since the inception of the Healthcare Connect Fund, this is really the reason it was created in the first place. Am I right? That is correct uh, uh, in many different facets and flavors, if you will. But uh, um, 
the Brazos Valley Project is probably the most, uh, I'll, I'll just call it the most sophisticated project in, in the program uh, to this point. Um, we do have uh, other members who have filed and, and been awarded uh, funding as well. Um, and I certainly do want to thank our partner vendors uh, who have been willing to uh, to uh, subscribe and, and respond to our MICTA RFPs um, and supporting our members in the particular uh, Brazos Valley um, with a, with this project and other projects that have been funded now um, through the Healthcare Connect Fund. And Michael, the, I I know that there are other MICTA members, healthcare providers, etc. Uh, and hospitals and, and what have you, clinics that might be looking at doing something or trying to replicate the model that you've created in Brazos Valley. What, um, what would you recommend for them? Where should they start? What should they be thinking about? And what are the necessary steps to take to begin a project like this? Well, first off, I think they need to they need to figure out um, exactly where they want to go and what they want to do with with uh, broadband. Um, secondly, log on to USAC's website. Log on to MICTA's website. Do some due diligence to educate yourself about the the ins and outs of this program. Uh, the the USAC website has a treasure trove of videos and uh, uh, webinar presentations that you can listen to and read online about, and, and just to educate yourself. I think that's the first step. Um, the second step is, is you can even get in touch with staff. Gary's great, I, but there's only one Gary. <laughs> and I'm glad I have access to him. But, you know, uh, I'm sure there's others that are out there at Victor that could, that could help, um, as well as in, in D.C. at, uh, at USAC. And then I'm pretty, pretty accessible as well. Um, if someone wanted to just chat about the the pros and cons, the ins and outs. I'm 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 a talkative guy. Um, you can find me on our website. I have contact information there. So, uh, you know, I'm a public servant. I'll talk to anybody that wants to know about it. I'll be happy to share our experience with anyone that needs to know. Um, but I think that's the thing you do: is get educated, educate yourself. There's websites out there can show you what to do. Um, I do believe it is re- replicatable going forward, and um, I encourage everyone to give it a shot. Great. Well, thank you, Michael Parks, for talking with us today about the Brazos Valley Project. Now, if people have any questions, you mentioned this, Michael, and they would like to ask you or chat with you or whatever, how can they get a hold of you? What's the best way? So uh, my email address is mparks at bvcog.org. It's an acronym for Brazos Valley Council of Governments, bvcog.org. Or um, go to our website, www.bvcog.org, and our contact information is right there. You can give me a call if you like. Great. And Gary Green, if uh, someone wanted to talk to you about any assistance they might need and and going forward with the project, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, they can email me at garygreen, gary.green, G-A-R-Y dot G-R-E-E-N at M-I-C-T-A-T-E-C-H dot org. That's gary.green at mictatech.org. Um, they also uh, can, uh, my phone number is 231-881-6612. Uh, 
And, of course, uh, they should visit the uh, website at www.mictatech.org, and there they can find uh, uh, vast amounts of information regarding the Healthcare Connect Fund program. Thank you. Big thanks to both of you, and thanks to all our listeners for tuning in today. Uh, We hope you find this information helpful as you continue to keep updating yourself on current technology trends and issues. So be sure to come back again for more MICTA Radio episodes. Bye for now.